Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Hebrews 3. I went out to eat at a restaurant recently, and I was really having a hard time deciding what to order. I mean, it was one of those places where I didn't even know what genre of food to order because I could get a a cheeseburger or a chicken sandwich, but some of the the salad options looked enticing. And then it was like, well, do you feel like going for steak or or seafood? And I I couldn't even tell which category to choose. And eventually I I narrowed it down, but then I asked uh, the waitress, well, I'm debating these two things. What can you tell me? And she gave me some things to consider, but I was considering various options that I all thought were good. Now, what if the waitress told me, well, actually this one thing you mentioned, that's really good. But that other thing you mentioned, or these other things that you're looking at on the menu, they're actually poisoned, and they'll probably kill you. Well, that would have made my decision pretty easy. And we need to understand that when we're weighing matters of, should I follow Christ or not? It is not like picking something off of the menu. And when we see in Hebrews 3 that we are commanded to consider Jesus. It's not like considering Jesus as if he's an option on the menu. We need to consider Jesus because he is the only way. And not only do we need to consider Jesus because he's the only way, we need to be concerned that some people who may say at one point, I I want Jesus, that they might not follow through on that. And not only should you be concerned about that for others, uh, you you should be concerned about that for yourself. And and so that's what we really want to do today in response to Hebrews 3. We want to consider, uh, and then we should think about the concern that we should have. Uh, Let's look at the first five verses. My Bible has the heading, Jesus greater than Moses. And this is what I told you with with chapter one, the point of the book, Jesus is better. Jesus is superior. And chapter one really focused on Jesus being superior to angels. Well, now it's making it clear that Jesus is superior to Moses. And you see that command there in verse one that we've already mentioned. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. So it's comparing there uh, Jesus to Moses. And at first, it's a, a like comparison. Jesus was faithful like Moses was faithful. But then it goes on to explain how Jesus is actually greater than Moses. He's been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself. And then it goes on in verse five to say, now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house if indeed we hold fast our confidence 
and our boasting in our hope. So there you see the consideration start to turn to the concern. The consideration is Jesus. Consider Jesus. Going back to chapter one, he is the one who is worthy, uh, worthy of our worship, worthy of wholly trusting in. And the other things that we discussed, and we mentioned there that the context and you start to see some of it here is that people who have made a profession in Christ are beginning to waver. And so it's this consideration of Jesus that he is superior that is supposed to help us through the concern. And the concern really is the opposite of what we see there at the end of verse five. It says, and we are his house. If indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Uh, so there you see the concern. The concern would be the opposite of that. The concern is that we we won't hold fast our confidence and boasting of our hope. And then it talks about an example of people that did not hold fast, people that did not make it uh, because of their failure really in faith. And it'll go on to explain the failure was unbelief. It goes back and it quotes from Psalm 95, but clearly Psalm 95 is hearkening back earlier to uh, the Exodus and then the, the wilderness wanderings that followed. It talks about the, the warning, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. Um, and he was provoked with that generation. And so they did not enter his rest. Uh, they did not believe they hardened their hearts and they did not believe. And so they did not enter God's rest. And that's the concern that some of the readers of this letter uh, are going to harden their hearts. They're not going to believe they're not going to follow through. And so therefore they will not enter God's rest rest. And it comes much more straightforward as we get to verse 12. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart leading you to fall away from the living God. So there, straightforwardly, a warning, you need to be careful and you need to watch your own heart. And what specifically about your heart? Well, that it would be evil, and even more specifically than that, unbelieving. You need to consider Christ, but you need to understand you will be tempted to fall short in that belief, to not really believe in him in a way that leads you to follow through, but you will fail in a way that leads you to fall away. Now, this raises a question. I thought if I, thought if I was saved, I'm always going to be saved. And I do believe that that is true. The, the question we should ask there is, can Christ lose a Christian? And I think especially in John 10, the answer is very clear. Jesus is not losing any that belong to him. But that's really thinking about it from his perspective. Is anybody that truly belongs to Christ, is he going to let any of them slip out of his hand? No, absolutely not. But from our perspective, from a human perspective, there are going to be people that to us look like Christians, talk like Christians, and to some extent act like Christians that are going to fall away. And here it's saying you need to be careful that you are not one of them. 
Now, how do we reconcile our perspective and God's perspective? I think what we'll see in a little bit in 1 John is helpful. The ones that go out from us were never really of us. So this passage, and we'll see other warning passages like it in Hebrews, uh, it is not contradicting what we saw Jesus say in John. No, they go together. It's more a difference of perspective, right? No one that truly belongs to Christ uh, will end up not being saved because Christ is not going to let any of them go. But from our perspective, there will be those who fall away because it looked like to us they belonged to Christ, but in fact, they didn't. But that's somewhat beside the point. The point here is you need to take care. And so I want you to spend some time considering what are the evil and unbelieving temptations you know your heart will experience. I mean, we can look through scripture and see general things. We think of the thorny soil back all the way in the parable of the soils. It starts to bear fruit, but it is choked out, it says, by the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches. That's one way you should take care. I think every Christian should. But this is where I want to ask you. You might know some specific temptations. You might know the specific thoughts, the specific pressures that maybe sometimes start to tempt you to waver on what you believe. Identify those things. Watch those things. Don't take your eye off of those things because you don't want to fall away from the living God. And your concern should not just be about yourself. You should have concern for others. Verse 13, but exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. So the goal of Christianity is not just to make some profession of faith. It is to hold that faith through to the end. But you will be tempted by your evil, unbelieving heart. You will also be surrounded by people who are tempted to be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. So you need to watch yourself and you need to exhort others and notice there it says every day. Now, I believe that it is easier now to fulfill this command than it has ever been because it is easier than ever to reach out to people. I mean, we've seen Paul now write letters that likely took months to get to their destination. You can pull out your phone and you can send a text message. And even now, you can send text messages all over the world. It is so easy for you to send words of encouragement or exhortation to someone today to hold fast to Christ. And so I want to encourage you, make that a daily habit of your life. Because like we see, then it goes on to explain with the Israelites, there were some who did not make it into the promised lands. Their bodies fell in the wilderness. And why did they fall in the wilderness? Because of unbelief. So we need to consider Jesus and then we need to have a concern for ourselves and for others. So today, consider Jesus. Realize he is the only way of salvation. He is the only savior. And then think about that concern. Check your own heart, look at your own temptations and Reach out to at least somebody else today to encourage them. If you have listened to this podcast, now the burden is on you. 
encourage somebody else today, whether that's face-to-face, through a text message, through writing a letter, do something to encourage someone today, and then do it again tomorrow, and the next day, do it every day, uh, as that is what we are called to in this passage. Let's remember, we're not just looking at a menu, deciding about, you know, which option looks the best tonight. There is only one option, and that is Christ. He is the only way of salvation. He is the only hope that we have. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.